Hey guys, welcome back to the Wisdom and Stuff podcast. I'm your host, Daryl Boucher, and this is where we cut through the Christianese and tradition-based thoughts that hinder us from the limitless lifestyles that we as actual children of God are designed to walk in. So let's go ahead and dive into the Word and see what the Holy Spirit has for us today. Oh, praise God. Glory to God. Well, hallelujah. Uh, welcome back. Wisdom and Stuff Podcast. Daryl Boucher here. And uh, just, uh, my goodness, getting into eternal thought, um, you know, there's just so much that God is doing in the earth right now. And uh, today is the day the Lord has made. We might as well rejoice and be glad in it. We are not here to observe. We are here to steward. We are here to reign as kings on the earth. And uh, and we are kings and priests. Uh, you know, kings walk in authority and priests connect people to God. Hallelujah. And so we are kings and priests on the earth right now. Um, this is not something that's going to change when we get to heaven. Uh, they're, they're, you understand this earth right now is... You know, it, it's a, it's a unique place because we get to operate in authority uh, on the earth, right in the middle of darkness. I don't get to do that in heaven. I don't get to kick the devil's butt in heaven. I get to do it here on the earth. Praise God. Uh, but so today, I just, I just, man, I, we'll see how we go in this. But just talking about eternal thought, talking about the the. Um, uh, higher thoughts and higher ways. The Bible says in Isaiah 55 that, that God's ways are as high as the heavens are above the earth, right? He says, so are my ways above your ways, says the Lord. But he doesn't leave it there, praise God. He actually says, but when he goes, as I send, as, as the snow comes down and waters the earth, so I'll send my word and it will accomplish what I sent it for to do. And uh, and he goes, he's basically saying, um, he's saying that when I send my word, it's actually going to bear fruit, and you're going to think like I think, and you're going to do what I do. Praise God! And and this is this is you know when Jesus was on the earth, you know he was not just a standard to live up to. You know he was our reflection of who we are. He was literally a, a living demonstration of who we are. Uh, and the thing is, we actually have a higher covenant than Jesus had because Jesus, uh, you know, here he was still subject to the law of sin and death. He was still he, if he sinned. He would have, you know, died and went to hell, and, and, and all of humanity would have been thrown in the bus. But we don't have that covenant. We have the covenant that if we sin uh, and we confess our sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Praise God. So we have a stronger covenant than the first Adam or the Adam, uh, second Adam ever have, had. It's, it's taught, it calls Jesus the second and the last Adam. Uh, he came to fulfill and complete the Adamic uh, uh, race on the earth. We are not under Adam's race. We are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Uh, we are we are bought, bought by the blood of Jesus himself, and we are raised in resurrection power, free from the law of sin and death. We are alive unto God and dead unto sin. We are literally in the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And so we are not under the 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 Mosaic law. Uh, Christ did not come to do away with the law; he came to fulfill it. Praise God! So we are the fullness. We are the fulfillment of the Mosaic law. We are that. We are the the new creations in Christ Jesus. We are the new wineskin filled with the Holy Spirit. And so we we literally walk on this earth uh, as as heavenly beings on this earth, and Jesus walking on the earth as. Um, a resurrected being for 40 days. You know, you you wonder why. I, you know, I, I look at what God does. I'm like, okay, Lord, I know it's the highest way, so tell me why you did that. Why did it need to be that way? Because, you know, he was on the earth for 40 days after he rose from the dead. And yet it says that he preached the kingdom to them. Well, he preached the kingdom for three and a half years earlier. It wasn't like he preached a new gospel. He preached the same gospel he'd preached. He preached the kingdom. 
And so he just did it from a resurrected state. He did it from a, a, a state of limitlessness on this earth. And so I look at that and I go, well, him, him being on the earth for 40 days after his resurrection did not secure any more redemption for us. It did not... Uh, uh, you know, it didn't conquer the devil anymore. He was already conquered through the resurrection. He did, didn't uh, secure any more righteousness for us. It did not, um, you know, uh, uh, it, it didn't solidify Jesus' lordship in any way. It didn't solidify our salvation in any way. Um, it didn't add to anything. It was simply a demonstration of who we are now. And that's why, you know, Paul, he makes the comment in Philippians, he's, he's talking about, he goes, he, in Philippians chapter 3, he's talking about, he's going, man, he goes, I, there's something that I have not yet attained. He goes, you know, here, he, he's Paul, you know, he has, he has revelation, you know, out the wazoo, right? He has more revelation than probably anybody on the planet at the time. He, he is, you know, walking in, in power and in authority. He's doing these things. He's, he's, he's fulfilling the, the fullness of God's will for his life. He's doing it all. And he goes, there's something I haven't attained yet. And he goes, so what I've done, he goes, I forget those things behind and are pressed toward the high mark of the call in Christ Jesus. He goes, but what I do is, I, he goes, I pray that I might be conformable to his death, that I might partake of his resurrection while in this mortal body. And here he, 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 he's, he goes, I haven't yet attained this yet. I haven't yet attained this level yet, but it's available to me. You know, there's no asterisk on that that says, I haven't attained it, therefore it must be waiting for me when I get to heaven. He goes, I haven't attained it, but I'm pressing. I'm pressing for something. And this is so huge to us that, you know, there's there, there's probably, I, I would venture to guess, if you're seeking God at all, there are things that you know you haven't attained yet, right? There's things you know that you have not, you haven't grabbed a hold of yet. You, even though you see him in the Word, Paul saw it in the Word. He knew it was available to him, but he wasn't walking in it. That shouldn't discourage us. That should say, okay, now I'm on Paul's shoulders. I can walk in more than Paul walked, and he left an inheritance of glory in the earth. And w and wh wh where he left is where I begin. Praise God. And and you want he wasn't the, he wasn't the only one. There's there's all these generations in between Paul and me, and there's there's shoulder upon shoulder upon shoulder upon shoulder that I can walk in now that he 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 didn't he didn't get into you know it's like to me it's like uh, uh, Leonardo da Vinci uh, you know here he has drawings of a flying machine he saw the capability of people being able to fly and he drew out a machine but yet he never actually you know saw that happen he didn't see the airplane he was hundreds of years before the airplane ever existed and yet he drew it. He, he saw it. You know, technologically speaking, you know, he understood it. it was going to be available at one point in time, and he pressed into it. And then hundreds of years later, you know, different people began to press and press and press and press. The Wright brothers weren't the first ones who to try it. There's a lot of other, other people who were trying to get it done. And even during the time the Wright brothers were doing theirs, there was you know competitions around the world of people trying to do this. There was people in Europe, there was people all over the place that were trying to get this done, and the Wright brothers were just happened to be the first ones to pull it off. You know, but we give them all the credit for it, but they weren't the first. They weren't even close to the first. They were just the ones who kept pressing. They were the ones standing on the shoulders of Leonardo da Vinci. They were the ones standing on the shoulders of what came before them, and they were the ones who actually broke through. Now, the question is, 
Are we going to get frustrated because no one's ever done it before? Or are we going to be the ones who break through? Praise God. Are we going to be the ones who literally say, I see it. I see that Jesus walked on the earth for 40 days. And the one time when I was I was reading that and I began to pray into it, going, what is this, Lord? And I, I really believe what the Lord told me because this happened to you. The 40-day period happened right before he ascended. And and I, I really believe he, he told me there's a generation because the number 40 is the number of a generation. And that number 40 is very significant. And, and so he goes, there's there's a generation that will be walking in resurrection power, the fullness of resurrection power that Jesus walked in when he resurrected from the dead. There will be a generation that walks in that before the end. Right before the end, there's going to be a generation. I mean, the end's coming. Now, that doesn't mean that it's only, um, it's only available for that generation. Enoch walked with God, and he was taken, right? Enoch walked with walked in things that that so many people have never even walked in. Individually, we can walk in things like Leonardo da Vinci. He walked in things that 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 still, like I said, haven't played out yet. But he walked in them. Uh, you know, a great example of like Nikola Tesla. He he had an understanding of electricity that we still don't have today. Right, and he actually had things going on where he, you know, on his count, on you know, there's pictures, or at least a couple of them anyway, of his of of his compound up in the hills, up just north of, uh, excuse me, just just west of uh, of Colorado Springs, up in the mountains, uh, where he had his compound up there, and he actually had like just light bulbs, just like laying on the ground, no wires to them, and they were all lit up. You know, because he understood that that wireless electricity was something that should be available for everybody. We haven't even got there yet. You know, this is this is a hundred years later. We still haven't got there yet, and um, it's over a hundred years later now. But understand, he walked in it though. He understood it. And so individually, we can walk in things, and when we break through things individually, it allows the, cor- the, the corporate to actually follow after. The Wright brothers broke through something, but now it's, it's a worldwide corporate thing that we do, right? But w- at some point in time, somebody's got to break through. And, and, and it, it, it doesn't get—here's the interesting thing is about the things of God. I, I just, you just notice this as you, as you study the Word, as you study church history, even as you study natural history, like we're talking about scientific achievements breakthrough happens on an individual level all the time it doesn't happen on a corporate level david stood up against a giant right he stood up against a giant and that day that he stood up against a giant what was everybody else doing they were this says they were hiding in caves and dens of the earth right and so here he's standing there and he stands up against a giant and when he wins that victory it says everybody all the jewish people come out of the caves all these people come out of the uh, from behind the rocks and they pursue the the philistines and they they wrought a great victory that day you see it's all this is how it works it's always the individual and then the corporate um you know uh, uh obviously the new testament uh um Peter, uh, he was he was shown that he was supposed to go to Cornelius's house and uh, um, and you know get Cornelius, the first Gentile, and his family saved. And so Peter, he wrestles with this. This is something that he literally is like, no, 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 no. I'm not. He he didn't. Even though he has a vision from the Lord, he actually denies the vision three times. He knows he had a vision. He knows it from the Lord, but he said, nope, not so, Lord. I'm not doing that three times. Right. <laughs> and he still didn't even know what it meant when he when after the third time he didn't know what it meant. He just obeyed the, the voice of the Holy Spirit and went into Cornelius's house. But and then, of course, the Lord used him and he got saved. But do you understand that was the beginning of a of a worldwide dispensation of God Almighty? God could have done it a different way. He could have 
Um, he could have gone to, you know, all the people, all the, all the disciples, the, the same time that, that Peter had that, he could have given the same vision to everybody all at the same time. He's a big God, right? He could do it that way. He could have them all have visions and dreams that day. He could have all brought them in the same room. He could have said, okay, uh, the Holy Spirit could have said, uh, could have like asked everybody and said, everybody meet up at, at the Church of Jerusalem at this time and this hour and have a big giant Holy Spirit meeting. And in that Holy Spirit meeting, everybody gets mandates that the Gentiles will be saved. That did not happen, okay? The highest way that God did it was he spoke to one person. Now, we know that happened in Acts chapter 10. We also know in Acts chapter 9, though, that when Paul got saved in Acts chapter 9, he was actually called to the Gentiles. So it wasn't like Peter was the only one, but it still wasn't a corporate event. And this is something that's so true about the things that God puts on your heart. Whatever, you know, you, you might be one, you might be waiting for the corporate thing to happen before you step out. That's not going to happen. You need to step out. Step out in what he's called you to do. Step out what's what's a passion in your heart. Step out. Uh, you know, th- th- there's a value to this. There's a value. That, and th- when you look at the way God does things in the word, I will sit there and say, okay, Lord, I believe that he does things the highest way. Now, there's some things that happen in the word that man limited God to that way, okay? So sometimes how God does it wasn't the way that he wanted to do it. It was just the way man allowed it to happen in the earth. Just like when King Saul, you know, was anointed to be king. God didn't want there to be a king. He said very specifically to Samuel, the the people are rejecting me as their king, and so they want a natural king. Now, still, God heeded the voice of the people and supernaturally anointed Saul to be king. So just because that was supernatural doesn't mean it was God's highest way. It was just the way that man allowed. But then there's other ways, though, uh, specifically in the New Testament. You see in the Old Testament, too. But specifically in the New Testament, you see God do things a certain way. And so I have to go to that and say, okay, Father, why was that the highest way? Number one, was that the highest way that you wanted to do it, or was that the highest way that God, that man allowed it to be done? And if it was the highest way that God wanted it to be done, I want to learn from that. And I want to say, okay, Father, why was this the highest way? Why was it the highest way that Peter was, was the one that, that received that and it wasn't done corporately? Why was it the highest way? You know, and we tend to think that we have the highest way. I mean, I don't know. I don't know about you, but but this is like a, a epidemic in mankind that we always think we know the highest way. You know, or if if we if we if we are like, well, you know, I don't think that about myself. And then usually it goes into the ditch on the other way, where we're like, well, I'm not, I'm not qualified to do anything or think. God God has literally wired us to think that we're right. He has wired us to think that we're right. He wants us to be to have the confidence of rightness. Okay. At the same time, our spirits are wired to humble ourselves to the Most High God and to know that He is the standard of right. And any rightness I walk in comes from Him and only Him. Just like when when you know, uh, somebody came to Jesus and they're like, "Oh, good Master," da 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 da, and, God, and Jesus says, "Why are you calling me good? There's only one good, and that's God." Now, Jesus was going around doing good and healing all those oppressed of the devil because God was with him, but he was doing good things, and he never did anything that wasn't good. But he's like, yeah, but this goodness is not me. If, if you see me do anything good, it's of my Father. The Father is the one who actually is doing good things through me. And so our, 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 what I'm just saying is that, is that you know we need to feel like we're right, but we're not right in our own rightness. We're right in God's rightness, and we need to humble ourselves to that, but at the same time carry the confidence of being right. 
you know, don't be a victim to wrongness. Don't be a victim to, to having done things wrong. Don't be like, well, I never get anything right, though, so I'm just going to burp, burp, burp. That a king never talks that way. That's how slaves talk. Kings don't talk that way. So we, we, have to, we have to realize, no, I am right in the Lord. And I am quick to change. I'm quick to be corrected. I'm quick to repent. I'm quick. I don't, I'm not, I'm not shame based, but I am uh, open for correction all the time. And, uh, and this is, I, I have to learn that, man. I learned this by, by my own life. I learned it by watching other great leaders in the body of Christ do this, where they are confident about what they're doing and they make mistakes a lot. Okay. And some of them are quicker to admit it than others, but still mistakes are being made. And so, uh, but, but the, the mistake isn't the issue. It doesn't even matter how many mistakes we make. The, the, the answer is how quick are we to say, man, you know what? I, yeah, I, I really thought I heard it from God there. I missed it. Let me just pivot. Let me, let me just literally make a small adjustment and see, you know, just, just walk it out. But now anyway, with all that, I don't want to get off the sidetracked on all that stuff, but just understand that, that Jesus, when I look at the way Jesus did things, when I look at the way God did things in the word, I have to ask myself, why was this the highest way? And so when we're walking, walking out our gifts and callings, understand that he is giving you the opportunity to exercise boldness in saying he's given you something that is unique to the world but not unique to God, and it will be confirmed by him and by other people around you. But not everybody around you in the moment is going to understand what you're talking about. This is, I mean, you understand, when, when Peter went to Cornelius' house, um, and he took a, a couple of Jewish believers with him. You know, they get saved, blah, blah, blah. They go back to Jerusalem. And then they have to tell Jer- the people at Jerusalem what happened. And guess what happened? There was a debate in Jerusalem about this. It's in Acts, right? You're like, oh, man, there is a debate. that The council of Jerusalem comes together who have always been told, and Jesus said, only go to the lost tribes of the house of Israel. That's what Jesus said. Jesus said, no, I don't give my, 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 the bread to, to dogs. I give my, my bread to, the, to, to Israel. Now, there, and, but, now, Peter's going, yeah, but here's what happened, and I have the word of God, and I have a vision from God to, 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 to back me up. And then, of course, they're all like debating about it, and then they go to the word. And the revelation of the word comes out that all through the Old Testament, it talks about Gentiles getting saved. They just didn't have enlightenment to it yet because it wasn't the time for it to be stewarded in the earth until that moment. And there are things right now that's on the inside of you. It's time for us to steward them in the earth. There are things, there's a passion that you have on the inside of you that, ha- that is tied to your gift and your calling has to be stewarded in the earth. And it's not going to look like necessarily what everybody else is doing, and that doesn't mean that there won't be confirmation in the rest of the body. It doesn't mean that you're a lone ranger and you're the only one that's going to do it. It just means that when you break through, like the Wright brothers, when you break through, you know, like uh, like you know Steve Jobs, you know, making the iPhone. When you break through, like uh, you know uh, Peter and and Cornelius says, or when you break through, like David and Goliath, when you break through that barrier that everybody has perceived, it opens a door wide for everybody else to follow you and to join alongside with you. And I mean, I love it so much because I've seen this over and over again where God has shown me things in prayer I never heard before, and I'll begin to pray him out, I'll begin to speak him out, and it will challenge things and challenge ideas and challenge doctrine and challenge theology, but within a very short period of time, I hear other people start saying it. Now, I don't know who got it first in prayer. I don't need to have that credit. I don't care. But the point is, is that when I got it, it was it was definitely something that no one's ever that i'd never heard or seen before 
And uh, and when I begin to talk to people about it, they never heard or seen it before, and it challenges people. And the religious will shut it down, but those who are seeking God will embrace it and be like, okay, that is in the Word. I see that in the Word now. I never saw that Scripture before. I never saw it that way before. But that's exactly what Jesus actually stewarded in the earth when he taught, and they're like, yeah, we never saw it that way before. Well, you're, you're of his brethren. You're of that DNA. And so I just want to challenge you today. Let, let's you know allow the lordship of Jesus to, to, to govern what we say and what we do. Understand there's something that we need to steward in the earth today. And it's, it's honestly not going to look like anything else. Don't wait for, don't wait for the masses to come alongside, to validate what God's put on your heart. You can't, you can't wait for that kind of validation. It's, it's you, it's God stewarding something, and then people will join in. Okay, that's the way we see it all the way through the word. That's the highest way it's done so that we can learn to walk as kings and priests on the earth and not be reliant on the confirmation or validation of the people around us. We have a unique relationship with our Father. It doesn't mean that it's not above correction or something like that. It doesn't mean that we don't take counsel. It does, however, mean that there's something unique unique that is being stewarded in the earth that God wants the whole body to be a part of at some point, just like he did with Cornelius. But, uh, but it also means it's going to, it's that, that there's a, there's a glass ceiling that's going to be broken through by you concerning something. So father, I thank you for that. I thank you, Lord God. Just, just, oh, you're so good to guide us into these things. You're so good, Father God, not just to call us to be those who've been rescued. We're not refugees. We're not just waiting for uh, some circumstance to change, to to validate us. Father God, I thank you, Lord God, we are kings and priests. And today we carry something that is designed to be stewarded and, and revealed in the earth right now. Praise God. We were born in this time, in this era, in this year, in this time, Father God, so that we can literally steward something that the earth has never seen before. And it's been birthed from heaven. It's been it was put on the inside of us, and we were formed in your womb, Father God, before the foundation of the world. And it's time to bring it forth. And we thank you, Lord God, that we allow the Holy Spirit to guide us into these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today on Wisdom and Stuff. Don't forget to subscribe to get new updates and check out our podcast page on Podbean to find all our previous posts and full-length messages. We'll see you next time and have a blessed day.